Hey, it's Josh. And Morgan. Welcome to the Hot Coffee Podcast. You making me do this by myself? No, I just forgot. Welcome, Welcome to, to the, the Hot, Hot Coffee, Coffee Podcast. Podcast. Hebrews 10, 24 encourages us to spur one another on towards love and good deeds. And that's what we hope this podcast can do for you. It's our mission to use this platform to create and have boundary-breaking conversations that help to build relationships with your friends, your families, and Jesus through love and, of course, coffee. We are coffee lovers and we are Jesus lovers, and we want to bring the two together. Throughout this journey, we'll be sharing what coffee we're enjoying, whatever is on our hearts, and what we feel could encourage the lives of our listeners. While we hope this podcast reaches listeners of all ages and all walks of life, we pray it reaches our generation of young people navigating this world while discovering their faith in love of Jesus. We hope that wherever we are meeting you in your life, whether you are single, dating, engaged, or married, you know that you are loved. Grab a cup of coffee. And and let's let's get get started. Hey guys, thank you for joining us again this week. I just want to start off by saying thank you um, and that we have been so blessed and encouraged by so many of you guys. We've had people stop us at church. We've had people send us lots of messages, tag us in post, um, just in passing, tell us how much that uh, you guys are enjoying our episodes. And it's really keeping us going, really encouraging us. And we're really loving your feedback. Yeah. And so we want to encourage you to subscribe to our podcast wherever you're listening. Leave us a review if possible. Let others know how much you're enjoying our episodes um, and, and reach out to us and let us know if there's a topic that you want us to cover as well. Yeah. Um, also, I want to um, just have a short apology for some errors and mistakes that we've made in the past episodes or, um, or in our editing. Um, we truly appreciate your all's grace while we navigate this new adventure. We do know that there are 66 books of the Bible and not 52. <laughs> um, that was said in week three's episode. So that was a mistake that we made that a couple people pointed out. So, um, And also, I know that I... Last week, I accidentally edited out um, the drink that I was recommending in last week's episode was from Starbucks, and I actually edited out Starbucks' name, and that was an error. And then there were a few transitioning errors in the la- in last week's episode, too. So um, we do ask that you guys bear with us a little bit while we work through all of it. Um, last week's been a little crazy. This week is similarly so. Um, these past couple weeks, we've actually not had a chance to record until Tuesday night, leaving us Wednesday for editing. Um, which is also Josh's youth group night. It's just a very, um, very long process in a short amount of time. Um, But we just ask that you bear with us and we just, we really truly appreciate your grace through all of this as we're navigating it. So um, of course, who knew podcasting with two kids and two full-time jobs, full-time jobs would be a challenging thing, but here we are and we are working (laughs) through it. So anyways, Let's jump in to what we're drinking. This week, I told Morgan we're going to try something different. I've had quite a few people tell me they're listening, but they're not coffee drinkers. Um, And so if you're not interested in coffee, that's okay. Um, Morgan and I, I challenge Morgan to share what is something we like to order from a coffee shop that's not coffee related. Um, So obviously at coffee shops or different places, there's different teas or um, bakery items and things like that. So Morgan... What's your favorite non-coffee item from from a coffee shop? Maybe to give some people some ideas of what to get when they go. Um, I always love if there's like homemade bakery items. Chapman's has great scones. Um, their Pop-Tarts are fab. They're so good. Um, so I love any, any type of homemade bakery item. But I really love teas. 
Um, I always, I love uh, Starbucks teas, but I always get them without the sugar in them because they're sweet enough and they're super yummy. Um, I also really like Chapman's lavender mint tea. That is super refreshing. So I'm just laughing because I said, what's one thing? Yeah, well. You gave me a few, but that's get, okay. You never get just one with me. So, uh, so uh, my favorite non-coffee items, obviously I like scones, specifically the apple cinnamon scones um, from different places like that. Um, Chapman's has really good ones. Um, I really like lemonade, so I oftentimes will order lemonade, especially if it's like a homemade lemonade. Um, also, smoothies are really good. But if you're not a coffee drinker, but you want to try to get into the coffee game, frappuccinos are a good way to do that. It's a good way to get it, get started. It's like a milkshake with a little bit of coffee in it. So I would describe it. So, yeah. So there's some recommendations of maybe not what we're drinking. If we actually wanted to continue what we've been doing. Um, what have you drank this week, Morgan? Um, mostly whatever you've been making in the morning. Which has been a little bit of everything. We have like five bags over there that are open right now. So we, we're drinking. This morning it was Highlander Grog again. Yes. And I've been drinking some macchiatos this week. I think I've had three or four of those this also, week. Also, <laughs> yeah, I'm really loving I'm really loving the shaken espressos from Starbucks. So. so there's what we're drinking. There's some recommendations of what to get at a coffee shop if you don't want coffee. coffee drinker. So now we're going to jump into what some people are calling their favorite part of the episode. Yes. Because we get to hear Morgan's fantastic song. That is not why it's their favorite. Well, I'm ready to hear it. Happy crappy. Beautiful. Yeah. Morgan, let's do crappy so we can be happy. Okay. Yeah. What is, trend, isn't it? what is one crappy or a any crappy from this past week that you've had to deal with? I feel like we've had a lot going on and I'm struggling with getting things done that I know I need to get done. Um, I have not gotten like my epic workouts in and I'm getting frustrated with that. I'm going to attempt to wake up in the mornings and try to get two or three in a week that way. Um, but another really hard thing is... I absolutely love that Jameson likes to go to bed with me at night. He likes for me to lay down with him until he falls asleep. And I love it. He'll wrap his arms around my neck. He asks me to sing. He will play specific songs. Um, but it wears me out to lay down with him and practically fall asleep with him, which I do most nights, to then have to get up and get myself ready for bed is one thing. But when there's things to be done around the house, and I'm like drained of all of my energy because I essentially just went to bed. It's very hard for me to like get anything like done in the evenings. So I love it. I love laying down with him in bed, but it's just one thing that is very hard to get myself moving afterwards. If I have homework to do at the end of the day or kitchen needs clean, toys need picked up, laundry needs switched, any of that, I find it hard to jump back on. So, all right, babe, what's your crappy? My crappy for the week, kind of, Morgan's kind of touched on a little bit, is I've just over the last two weeks felt like I've been playing catch up on everything life. Um, so things I got to get done at work, at the church, um, things we got to get done around here. We've been getting some new floorings put in in our house, which is great. And that can be a happy here in a few minutes. But like we've had to move stuff around. We've had an 
unbelievable amount of dirty clothes that we've been trying to hide <laughs> from the floor people that we need to get done. So there's just sometimes in life you can feel overwhelmed. And so this has been kind of an overwhelming point of life, but it's been a good, there's been a lot of good. It's just been a really busy time right now. So those are my crappy too. All right, Mark. So what is a happy for the week? Um, I would say it definitely makes me happy that our bedroom and bathroom have like a new feel to them with their new floors. We have new bedroom furniture, but I definitely um, will be happier with them when they are complete and actually done. That'll be nice. Also, we had a really good, I guess you weren't there, but I had a really good time on Sunday um, with some friends from church, uh, just doing a little Easter get together with our kiddos. Um, it was just really fun to watch them play. And um, I just like, I really love watching Jameson like grow in relationships and like really truly care about his friends and like really love his friends. Yeah, so, for sure. That's another thing that I've really loved lately. Jameson's turning, like getting to the point where he says he loves things. Mm-hmm. I love my bedroom. I love, I love Buzz. I love this movie. Yeah, <laughs> everything is. I love that he's doing that right now. Yeah. Um, I think a happy for me would be, um, just things are going well as far as like youth group. There's a good bit of kids showing up, and that's going well. Uh, you just started a Bible study with a group of guys. Um, that's going well. It is exciting. So there's just a lot of good things as far as those kind of things going. Got to see some family this past week. Your family came up for the weekend mm-hmm. a little bit. Got to see some family doing a little bit of family stuff for Easter this week, which we'll talk about later. But so it's just some good stuff going on. So yeah. that would be my happy. So we want to encourage you again, if you want to, to share your happy or your crappy with us. It gives us something to pray about if you give us a crappy or even a happy. Um, so we want you to let us know if you got any happy or crappy. Play yeah. along with us. Also, we've had a few other people tell us that they've incorporated happy crappy somewhere in their jobs or what they do. So I love we love hearing that. So we're glad that you guys are connecting with that. Yeah, that's exciting. Yeah. Right. So this week's episode, uh, we were asked how COVID has affected our family. And with it being just over a year that our lives just kind of got flipped upside down with COVID, we thought it would be we'd share a little bit about that. Um, also, it's Easter, and so this, we, this weekend. This weekend, yes. So we want to share some of our favorite childhood traditions and traditions that we've started as a family, and some of the traditions that we hope to start. And of course, we want to talk a little bit about why we celebrate Easter and what it means for us. Um, so there are a lot of things that people celebrate during this holiday. Uh, there's a lot of things that we celebrate during this holiday um, that provide joy and bring us a lot of happiness, and they're just a lot of fun. Um, but the true celebration behind Easter for our family is the resurrection of Jesus Christ. So we want to touch a little bit about that. But um, we're titling this episode A Change of Plans. Change of Plans. So, so COVID made us change our plans. Being married and adapting to holidays makes you change things. And Jesus, when he came to this earth and died on the cross. And, and then, then resurrected. Resurrected was a change of plans. So that's what we're calling it.
As far as how COVID affected our family, I'm sure that it affected us a lot of the same way that it affected everybody else. Um, Obviously, school shut down for me a little over a year ago. Um, We started with virtual learning, online learning. Um, We were told to have two weeks worth of online plans. Um, and then it grew into three weeks and then into four weeks. And then it was like, you're not coming back to school. So that was, I mean, that was really tricky, but it was nothing different than what everybody else, whether a student or teacher or a parent of a student dealt with in those times, it was very uncertain. And it was very much try not to stress out about what you're giving kids because we know that this is new territory for everybody. So I think that that was, that was good. Um, And then for me, Morgan got told that she wasn't really going back to work for a couple weeks. I think it was two weeks, wasn't it, the initial? mm -hmm. And so the church, I think, met one week after church or school had been canceled. And then the following week, we decided that we weren't going to meet at the building. So we started scrambling to figure out how we were going to handle online church. So but it was neat because at first I was kind of jealous because Morgan got to be at home. And then it kind of transitioned to where I got to be at home for a little yeah. bit, um, too. Still doing some things, just like people that were teaching, still doing some things. Uh, we were doing some things at the church as well. But it ended up, those first month or so, it was actually like a really exciting three months, three months or whatever. Because Morgan was pregnant. I don't yes. know if we've stated that yet. Morgan was pregnant. When I was about six months pregnant when we... Was it six months? Maybe seven months pregnant. Seven, seven months pregnant yeah. when we um, were given the stay-at-home order. So, so that was an exciting time because we got to spend a lot of time as a family. But it was also a scary time because Morgan was considered, you know, since she was risk. pregnant, she was an at-risk person. So we really had to try to navigate how we were going to provide for our family as far as groceries and like surviving, and then also staying at home was a change for us because right. we're always busy people. Always busy. Um, but yeah, being pregnant and having a baby in the midst of the pandemic was probably the biggest way that it affected our family. Um, but we slowly began, like Josh was saying, it ended up being a very exciting couple months. Um, because we really, after a couple weeks started realizing how much time we were getting to spend with Jameson and how, um, I remember about, I don't even know, maybe only three or four months into my pregnancy with Drew, I was like really concerned with how Jameson was going to react because he didn't have a say in this. (laughs) We didn't, you know, ask him what he thought. And ultimately it didn't matter. Like he didn't have, he wasn't going to have a say in whether or not we flipped his world upside down. And that's exactly (laughs) what we were doing. Um, Whether we liked it or not, his world was going to change completely. And I was having all this like guilt and worry about it. Um, but then when the pandemic hit, like all of it's coming up on time hop now, like all the pictures of everything we, we did out, like all the time we spent outside. Yeah. We were like walking daily, like twice a day as a family. We We tie dyed t-shirts. I mean, we were, we were out in our backyard playing. We went out to salt fork, um, and, and went and played baseball on opening day because we couldn't like go to, there was no opening day. Yeah. There was no opening day. So like, we just like, we, we did that for, as our family. And, it was like slowly but surely we were realizing 
how much of a blessing it was for us in disguise because we spent so much time really getting to learn more and more about Jameson in those couple months and him getting to spend a lot of time with his mommy and daddy for the last time before yeah. a new baby came into the scene. So, and that's what, you know, talking to people and you guys are probably sitting here going, yeah, we did the same thing. <laughs> that's like the, the, one of the biggest blessings from the pandemic. If you can say there was blessings and positives because there was, was so much time with family and Morgan's right. We learned a lot about Jameson. That's crazy. You know, it's your kid. But when you spend actual like full days with them, <laughs> you, we learned a lot about Jameson and uh, really got to soak in that time like Morgan. And said. I, it, it also gave us an opportunity to really prep Jameson for what was going to happen. Um, I think he really, truly understood that there was going to be a baby coming home eventually. Because yeah, we started remodeling the other room, too. Yeah, like, he got we, a new bedroom during the pandemic. Yeah, and we were telling him, like, this is going to be the new baby's room. Like, it's not your bed anymore. It's not your room anymore. Like, you're giving it to yeah. your brother. We transitioned him to his yeah. big bed during that time. Mm -hmm. So we got to do a lot of... It was really... It's really fun to look back on now. It's probably... It will probably forever be some of my favorite so, memories so we got to spend time with jameson yeah. and then it got to be may mm -hmm. and may got tricky because may is my birthday may 1st may 1st is my birthday jameson's is may the 4th and drew's due date was the 7th was the 7th and so we started getting into may and we wanted to celebrate jameson's second birthday so we did like many people did we did the drive-through birthday party which was great it was, it was a fantastic so much fun. awesome birthday party great weather but the fear started creeping in of like when is this baby gonna come yeah. <laughs> when is baby drew gonna make his appearance i remember even planning for the birthday party thinking we might not we make might it. not actually make it to this birthday party but we did we made it to may 7th we went to the doctors on may 7th we went to right the doctor on may 7th and morgan all the way through pregnancy was saying we're not going to get induced. We're not doing it. I don't want to do that again. It took too long last time. We went on May the 7th and the doctor said, you want to have a baby tomorrow? And we jumped at it. He reassured me. <laughs> I don't want to, I want to tell my birth story on no, here. At some point. Not yet. We'll one day, for that. one day while I'll tell my birth stories because they're some of my favorite things to talk about. But we, he went in and he told me, if you come in tomorrow morning, we'll break your water and we'll just let you go from there naturally. As far as, for anyone who's had babies, you know that they give you Pitocin to try to like um, make your contractions happen quicker and faster and harder. And I told him I didn't want that when we did it with James, when we had, when I had it with Jameson, his heart rate dropped. So I was like, I just want like, if you're going to break my water, fine, but I want my body to try to do the rest for me and, and progress on its own. So he assured me that that's exactly what we would do. And I was already dilated to some extent. And he was like, we can, um, we you're can telling the birth story. No, I'm not. He was just saying we can do this tomorrow. And so I called Josh because he wasn't allowed into those appointments at that time. Um, and I called him and said, what do you think? And he said, it's totally up to you. And I said, okay, let's do it. So we, we mainly did it. Not mainly, but one of the big reasons why we chose to do it that way is because we could figure out the plan of who was going to stay here with Jameson. And so that we can make the transition to the hospital. So it did make it really nice because we yeah. talked to Morgan's sister, Mallory, and she was coming the next day, was going to stay here with Jameson while we were at the hospital. Because that was another thing we struggled with. The pandemic was nice in a sense of being around our own immediate family. But like many of you probably struggled with, we didn't know 
how much time to spend with other family, who to let in the house and everything else. Yeah, we so went, we struggled to we, find yeah, we peace really, in that part. Yeah, we really, really went back and forth as to like trying to plan out how we were going to let people meet this baby, how we were, if we were going to do porch visits and well, window visits. even just who was going to watch and Jameson. Yeah, yeah. If like, if we let my sister come and watch Jameson, then is that going to upset like Josh's family? If we have Josh's family come watch Jameson, then is that going to upset Mallory? Like, and it was just like, it was this constant turmoil of like, we want it to be as fair as possible. And we want it to be, um, what's, what's best. And we want it to be, um, like as stress free as possible. But then yes, choosing to be induced that day really solidified that we said, Mallory, you know, we're going to be leaving at, um, 6am. I think it was, or maybe we had to be in there at six. I don't know. But if you guys could come hang out here, did they spend the night the night before? No, no. no Cause no, they, you thought you were going into labor the night. I before. thought I was going into labor. We'll cover this all one day, but we mainly <laughs> wanted to get to the point of this idea that it was exciting at the beginning of COVID because we got to spend so much time as a family together. It got a little bit stressful towards the end of pregnancy because we didn't know how we wanted to handle family and people visiting right. and who was going to stay with Jameson. We ended up with the idea that we were going to go to the hospital and have the baby and come home and nobody was going to be around us for, we for said two weeks. Two weeks. Most, not anybody that lived here, none of my family, not Mallory. Yeah, nobody was going to come. And a lot of that was because after talking to doctors and things, they had told us, like, you are going to be the ones in a hospital setting. You're going to be the ones potentially around, you know, where where COVID patients might be. Not right. that they're in the labor. We were going to be at a risk of but, spreading it to people yes, if it, they came around us. So we took that into consideration. We said, okay, in two two weeks, we'll reconsider how we want to do meeting the baby, coming over, doing things like that. Um, and then after Drew was born, we FaceTimed every single person that we, all of our immediate families in the hospital. So they all met Drew in the same way in that sense. Yeah. Um, and being at the hospital was actually, <coughs> we were, when Morgan had Jameson, there was so many people in and around our hospital room. It was like unbelievable amounts. We broke the rules as far as how many people you could have in there. <laughs> My grandma Verna snuck back there somehow when she was even supposed to be. So we were going into the hospital with Drew. It was like, it was only going to be us two. And it was literally only going to be not going to be anybody else. So it was really nice. Morgan and I have talked about that. We enjoyed those few hours before Drew was there at the hospital together, just me and her. And then even afterwards, but we did, we got to FaceTime everybody. Yeah. We made it home after 24 hours, 48 yeah. hours. We, we were... waited a little longer than 24 hours because it was going to be like seven o'clock at night yeah, we that we were released. So we just decided to spend the night there one more night and leave in the morning. So then we came home and we did the exchange with Mallory. Basically, she helped us introduce Drew to Jameson, Which was her and Bryce. And it was cute. And then they didn't stick around. They left. Um, and... Things got tricky <laughs> um, yes. from there. It, I brought him home on a Sunday. Yeah, we brought him home it on a Mother's Sunday. Day. Yeah, it Mother's was Mother's Day. Day. And it was good. It wasn't even the stress of having a newborn. Having a newborn and having two kids and navigating all of that. Um, it was just like the stress of uncertainty and like when you're a new mom, you have like you're super hormonal anyways and super emotional. And obviously like 
my body just went through serious trauma giving birth. Like, but I was just so worried about. She was worried about everything. She was like, she was in a different state of mind than I've ever seen Morgan in. I am always the anxious person. I am always the worrier, the person that is like anxious about anything. And Morgan was at this point where like, there were, I felt like I, I felt helpless as far as what you, I could do to help her. You would think with my second baby, I'd be less anxious, but, but I was definitely she was, more she was, anxious. And I think a lot of it stems from COVID and the fear that I couldn't just like, that my mom couldn't come. Just like pop in. I couldn't have my family. I couldn't have Josh's family. We couldn't have people come and take care of us. Um, it was, we had a couple people drive by and like drop something off. Like yeah. we had a friend that dropped me off coffee the day, like, like as literally as soon yeah. as we had got home, I had a Starbucks coffee waiting on me and it was, it was so sweet. Um, and so but we had a couple of things like that, um, happen, but we made it three days, three days. We made it to Wednesday. Actually, we made it to Tuesday evening. And I don't even remember what happened Tuesday. Something, something little happened minor. I don't even remember what it was. But Morgan had like a anxiety moment, I guess, or stress moment, and I couldn't. I took Jameson outside. I remember that you were inside with Drew, and I took Jameson outside, and I called my mom, and I said, "Mom, I Morgan needs her mom." <laughs> And my mom, I remember, she said, well, what are you calling me for? Why don't you call her mom and tell her to come? Um, and so I dialed up Morgan's mom and I said, hey, I know we told you you can't, that we didn't, that we were trying to keep people from coming around and it was going to be two weeks. I said, but I really need you to be here as soon as you can get here. And so she agreed that she could be here by the next day, the next afternoon. So I didn't tell Morgan because I knew that was going to like set her off even more probably. So like, why did you call my mom? <laughs> right. So then on Wednesday, um, we were still technically in school. So we had to have like our office hours or whatever on Wednesday, but we called up um, Josh's brother and our sister-in-law and um, their two kiddos and we went to a trail here um, and took a walk. A socially distanced walk. Socially distanced walk. <laughs> and um, we walked a good while. And it was actually one of the first days where I felt normal and I felt okay. Mm -hmm. um, it was beautiful weather, obviously. We were um, double strolling. We were double strolling <laughs> for the first time. But Jameson also felt like he was riding his bike. He yeah. was so good. Him and Him and Emma had a lot of fun together that day. And it was just like... I finally felt like things were okay and that we were going to be okay. But I remember pulling in to the house and being like, the door's open. Like, cause we have a screen, like we have a screen door and then a, our front door. And I'm like, the door's open. I'm like, when we get out and by the time I get up to the door, like my mom is on the porch and I'm like, was Cassie with her? Yeah. Cassie. And my sister, Cassie, who had come in, Waiting for Drew's birth, baby, yeah. like waiting for Drew's birth to know when she could come and meet this baby, which again was supposed to be two weeks. And I like, so I just walk up to my house and there's my mom and my sister. And I like totally lost my mind. Like, I'm pretty sure I just collapsed into my mommy's arms and cried because I had never, I don't know. I can't even describe the feelings of that. 
I just knew, I knew that everything was going to be okay. Every now and then you just need your mommy. Well, and that's what I was going to say to kind of wrap up how COVID affected us. And everybody can say this probably, or most people would say this, but it really did just remind us how important family and friends are as far as like, even in moments when you seem like you feel like you're okay, there can be a moment where it just kind of breaks and you realize you need the people around you. Yeah. Um, and so COVID was and has been, I mean, it's still going on, but it, it was, there's been a lot of good out of a bad situation, but it's but it been really hard. tough. Yeah. It's definitely hard. Still is hard, but um, I do feel like we're finally seeing the light at the end of the tunnel and hopefully coming out of it on top. <laughs> um, we've been lucky to not deal with it um, too personally. Um, but it was actually very exciting because, you know, for the whole time through getting close to actually having Drew, it was like my family's never going to like not going to get to meet this kid for a really long time. And we still have family who hasn't met Drew. But yeah. my immediate family has, and it's actually really crazy because two of my other sisters have had babies in the midst of this pandemic, and all of my immediate family has gotten to meet all three of them. Uh, my grandpa died in March, and he got to meet all three of them. Um, no, he didn't. No, he didn't. He died on the same day that Silas was too. born. Yeah. So. Oh, so he didn't get to meet all three of them. But... The rest of the family did. So right. it was really still a blessing and still a pretty crazy, crazy thing. So. so COVID's affected other areas of our lives as far as things that we were used to doing. Church grew to be different. We went online. Um, we've came back to church and it looks different. We have a couple different services now. So I attend all services because... I was either preaching or doing something at all of them. So I've gotten to see most people that have attended our church throughout time, but there is people that Morgan hasn't seen in over a year because she attends one service and they may attend the other. So, and then if you have kids, you'll know this, you've had to reteach your kids like normal life um, in a sense. So we've had the struggles of, you know, reteaching Jameson. This is how we act at church and this is the way we do things. And, um, but we're getting back to normal, I think. Yeah. Things seem to be. I think so. Um, so there's your long answer to how COVID <laughs> has affected us. Yeah. So when it comes to um, Easter, we wanted to share a little bit about um, our favorite childhood Easter traditions. Um, my all-time favorite Easter tradition um, is the scavenger hunt we used to have at my grandma and grandpa's house for our Easter baskets. Um, but it was not just a go like search the house every which way and try to find them. Um, my gram would write poems um, and you would find, she would give you the first clue. Uh, you would actually, let me rephrase that. We would all draw numbers one through however many of us were there. Um, the last, the most vivid years I remember there were seven of us grandkids that were all that lived there. So we were always there. Um, and so we would always have seven clues. Uh, she would start the first one. Whoever drew number one would read that clue. And um, it would be, uh, it would give you a clue as to what room to go look for next. And you would be looking for a tiny, like, 
one inch by one inch folded piece of paper taped to something with a number on it. And who, and then when, once that was found, it didn't matter who found it, whoever drew number two got to read that clue. And then it would lead you to another spot in the house, to another spot in the house. Um, and they always rhymed. They were always about the Easter bunny who came and left these clues and left, um, left our baskets hidden somewhere. We have found them anywhere from the shower to the closet, to the garage, to, um, to like underneath clothes. Like we just, it was definitely one of my favorite things. And then that day would always also on that day color eggs. And so it was just, all, that's definitely my most vivid Easter memories ever. I feel like it's a unique one. Yeah. I don't know. That's not how my Easter looked. So I always thought it was cool. And if I do, am I remembering right that you guys like recreated that? Not, I've been a part of one of those, I believe. Yes. So my aunt, after my grams died, we did, um, my aunt recreated it um, the last couple years. Yeah. Uh, she had redone it. And the one year we each, it was two, maybe three years ago, we each had a, like a basket per couple because yeah. most of us had either someone we were dating or someone that we were married to. So yes, Josh, you got to be a part yeah, of that. So it was super was intense too because you got to try to find the clue. So it's it's it was, so fun. It was cool. Um, as far as my childhood Easter traditions, I'm trying to think. Um, we always had family dinner uh, with most of the family. Um, typically ended up at wherever. It used to be at our house. The way my family, my dad's side of the family kind of broke up holidays. Each family took like a holiday. So someone had Christmas, someone had Easter, things like that. We always had Easter. So it was typically at our house. Um, but thinking about Easter, I mean, we've got the traditional, um, Easter basket, but it was just kind of there in the morning when we woke up, yeah. usually included an outfit for the day and some candy. And when we got older, we talked them into video games and things like <laughs> that. But my favorite Easter tradition would be for sure. Probably, um, grandma Verna would always, she was in charge of the Easter egg hunt. Um, and so she would always um we all had a special egg um, so she had all the eggs filled with candy but then there was eggs with each grandchild's name on them uh, where she had designed and created them and there was always five bucks in the <laughs> easter egg and so it seems silly now to think about like it was just five bucks but we all would go crazy trying to figure out where our name was whichever egg and as cousins as my cousins got older grandma i think cut everybody off at 18 so <laughs> you didn't get the money egg after 18 years old so then what happened was is the older cousins started hiding the eggs for that family easter egg hunt and so it got harder and harder um so coming into your family we always i i always loved easter because i just thought it was so cool because your dad would host it it would be at the youth center mm -hmm. and but your mom and dad's family both would come. So I yeah, felt like for me, it was such a cool experience to get to be around both sides of your family and just like get to see a lot of like the whole family. It was yeah. almost like a family reunion of sorts, yeah. but like. That was, I guess that's kind of cool about all of our holidays because like even Christmas, like Aunt Cherish usually hosted at Christmas. And so um, Uncle Jerry's family would be at Christmas. And so we kind of, yeah, I guess that's neat. I never really noticed that, but yeah, we got to meet other sides of family. Yeah, I think that. it's so, so that's cool. kind of cool. Um, and then, of course, we always went to church. So those are, I guess that's my childhood yeah, tradition. Yeah, I mean, we always had matching Easter outfits. I love dressing up. Um, 
So that was always a fun thing too. For our kids, um, did we make Jameson search for his Easter basket last year? A little bit? Kind yeah, of sort of. a little bit. Sort like, of. We kind like of told him that he had a there. gift and we had, he had to find it. Yeah. Um, I definitely, we hope to um, kind of use the scavenger hunt idea with our yes, kids as they get sure. older. Once they get older and they're able to like understand different clues, we haven't decided exactly how or where we're going to hide this year, but um, we think it'll be fun for them. Um yeah, and then another tradition that we want to start, and we're hoping to start this year, this week actually, you know, when Christmas time rolls around, we oftentimes family will spend time reading about the birth of Jesus. But with Easter, at least with my family, and I think Morgan's too, we, we've never really spent a whole lot of time focusing on that time frame of what we're celebrating. So this year, we're hoping to introduce to Jameson and Drew too, but he's a little young, but reading with his with his Bible and his storybook Bible, the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus each evening. So Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. Yeah. We really want him to understand kind of what we're celebrating. Right. Jameson has a what's it's called the uh Jesus storybook Bible. And um it it puts it in kids' terms and um we read like the um Jesus calms a storm story a few weeks ago with him. He loves that story. Um, but we just thought like Friday, good Friday is what represents that the day that Jesus died. So we would like, we, our plan is to read the story of his death to Jameson. And then Saturday night, um, we would read the burial story, although he was technically buried on mm-hmm. Friday night, yeah. but, um, and then on Sunday, be able to read the resurrection of Jesus. Or maybe we'll read death and burial on Friday and then the resurrection on Saturday so that he understands what he's waking <laughs> up to. I don't know. But we want to definitely include that. We want to be able to keep the focus on Jesus and his resurrection because like Josh mentioned, growing up, it was always more of a celebration of our family and our and the fun of Easter baskets and candy and egg hunting and coloring. And there wasn't a huge focus on the fact that um, – the what what we're actually celebrating like right. there was never that big focus right and so that's something we want to bring into um our family i think about easter and it's one of those holidays where you always hear like remember the reason for the season and jesus is the reason for the season and jesus is risen and and he is risen and he and all of those are great things and they're not wrong but i just what um what kind of blows my mind when I was like looking through the story of the resurrection is like, we just, it's one of those things where we just read the story and we don't take into account the time frame, and we don't take into account the fact that it was real life. And we don't always take a second to stop and put ourselves in their shoes. And like, so for me, I'm sitting here thinking like, okay, this is a man who came, um, came into these people's lives is just the disciples lives, all the people, the followers of Jesus. And he changed their lives completely. He, um, he, he gave them a, a, a bigger purpose to live for. And, and, um, they got to, to experience him and, and, and see him do miracles and all these really cool things. And they became really great friends with Jesus and he had said, you know, I'm going to die, but I'll raise again in three days. And like, um, but I don't think they truly understood it until it happened that he actually died. He was actually crucified on a cross in front of them. Like they watched hit their best friend 
die and just were unbelieving of the fact that he was gone. And what you don't, what I feel like we don't think about is he died on a Friday. He was buried. And Saturday, the day in between is, was the, was the Sabbath day. No one worked on the Sabbath day. No one did anything on the Sabbath day. So they did nothing but sit at home and mourn their friend for an entire day. And it says that, um, on Friday night, um, Mary and a few women were preparing spices and perfumes to take to Jesus, but they couldn't take it on the Sabbath. So they, they still, uh, because no one worked on the Sabbath, no one did anything on the Sabbath. And so they had those prepared for Sunday, but they just spent Saturday essentially, like you can imagine just mourning the loss of their best friend. And so I just think that sometimes we just read through that, like, oh, Jesus died. He was buried. And then on Sunday he rose, but do like, and it, that's a like, okay, that's cool just to even read. But I feel like it's like, can we just sit, like sit and think for a second about what that means and about what that would have been like. Imagine your best friend watching your best friend die. And then you just, you sit for a whole day mourning the loss of your friend. And then you wake up the next morning to go like put flowers on their grave. And they're not even there anymore because that's essentially what these women, like these women were going to like to, to put spices and perfumes on him because that's how you couldn't like, what's it called when you embalm? Yes. Couldn't embalm a body then. Like that's how they did that. So, you know, they were going to do that and he just wasn't even there. It like just the rags folded neatly <laughs> in a Like, could you really truly imagine that? That is like unbelievable. Yet we just, just like, in passing, like Jesus is the reason for the season. He is risen. But do we ever, and we might, like some of us might, I just feel yeah. like that's my, my issue. Like how many times do I really sit and think about those three days and what that would have been like? Because the savior of the world who told you, you know, who taught you all about God and gave you a purpose for living is now gone. And on that day in between, like, yeah, he said he was going to come back, but no one's ever come back to to life before. No, like, how are we, like, how is this going to happen? How is this truly going to happen? And then it does. I don't know. It's just, like, mind-blowing for me. I don't know. What do you got, babe? I just think about, um, when I think about the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus, I think about all of the people you know, Jesus had his followers and he had his people, the crowds, the people that wanted to see him do great things and hear, hear the things that he said. And But there was that group of people that didn't like Jesus. There was a group of people that wanted Jesus to be to be crucified and they got their wish. They got what they asked for. They wanted Jesus to go to the cross and they got it. And he went to the cross and he died on the cross. And those people got to watch Jesus be taken off the cross and he was put into the tomb and they secured it and they put a big stone in front of it. They put guards in front of it. And then all of a sudden on they a Sunday, they thought they, they <laughs> thought they were in control. And then on Sunday, Jesus or on the third day, Jesus yeah. defeated death. Like Jesus won the victory. He did the thing that they didn't think he could do. He defeated death. And so 
I just think it's cool. It's such a good reminder. And the kind of thing I'm focusing on this week is like God's plan is going to work out the way that God wants it to work it out. And so these people had all of these plans of how they were going to defeat Jesus. And they didn't think he was the Messiah and they didn't think he could be um, who he said he was. And then God still said, watch this. And he just, I mean, really, like you said, this would have been mind blowing. (laughs) We read it because like you said, we have the luxury of knowing how the story ends. And so that's a, that's a blessing, but it also can hinder us sometimes because we forget how impactful this can be. But I just think it's cool because in a time where, you know, so many things are, are, we live in a crazy world right now and it, it can so many times feel like God's not in control. I feel like this is a great week to sit back and go, nobody thought God was in control in that moment either. Yeah. Literally, they thought God was defeated because they killed his son and they thought, you know, those people thought, and then boom. Hey, I'm back. Here he goes. <laughs> like, yeah, boom. Like, um, so I think that's kind of the thing I'm focusing yeah. on this week is like, especially in the middle of this pandemic, like yeah. we're still there. We're still in the darkness of, of wondering how this is all going to play out. Hopefully this helps me trust God's plan. Um, going off of what you said, what I think is just really cool about this, this, this story of Jesus's death, burial and resurrection is the, the peace that it gives us, the hope that it gives us and the promise of salvation that we have because of it. And um, like Josh, you're in what he's sermon on Sunday was all about when God, when Jesus reappears to the disciples for the first time, the first thing he says to you, to them is peace be with you. And you've got to think that they were probably like, I was just saying like, so confused and so scared. And so like you were saying, unsure of what God had in store for them now that Jesus was dead. They were hiding. I mean, <laughs> yeah, I mean, they were hiding. They were literally hi- hiding, afraid for their lives and mourning the loss of their friend, like so unsure of what was going to happen next. So many emotions. Yeah. And Jesus's first words to them were, peace be with you. Like, I'm going to provide you peace and he's going to provide us peace. And then, just like Josh was saying, like, we can trust God and have hope that he is in control of everything in our lives. He's in control of every hard time that we're going through. We just, we just don't understand his plan. And then the best part of it all is that through his death, burial, and resurrection, we have salvation. That is what baptism represents for us, is dying to our sins, being buried with, with Christ, and being raised up as a new creation in him. Like That is what baptism signifies, and that that is what... That is why we do that. And because of that and because of Jesus, we have salvation. We have a chance to to live forever with Jesus, with God in heaven. Like there's so much peace, hope, and and, and joy that comes from this story. And I just, I love that. Father, we thank you for this day and we thank you for this week and we thank you for what it means and we thank you for the life of Jesus and the example that he set and the way that he went to the cross and died for our sins. And But we're extremely thankful for how he defeated death. God, we just thank you so much um, for the story of Jesus. 
We're so thankful for the peace that it provides for us, the hope that it gives us in our lives, and the salvation that you've promised because of it. Um, Be with all of our listeners this week. Uh, We pray that you can bring them the peace, hope, joy, and salvation that they need in their lives. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. All right. As always, guys, we want to end our episode with a couple uh, Q&As. So first question, what is something our kids have done so far that we are proud of? So keep in mind, we have an almost three-year-old and an almost one-year-old, which is unbelievable, crazy to even think about. But they have done many things that we are proud of. So Josh. So I'll do three things here. I'll Three things. One thing I'm proud of for both of them, okay. and then one for each. Okay. Uh, for both of them, I'm proud of how good they are at eating. That sounds silly, but like they are both really good eaters. Jameson gets sidetracked, but if he focuses, he'll he'll clear a plate. He can be picky. He can be <laughs> he picky. He can be too. picky. But like but... Drew, Drew yeah. is like, dude loves him some food, and it's funny because he's just a little guy. If you know Drew, he's just he a little guy. He also has no teeth. He's got, no, he's got no teeth. And for example, tonight we're eating French fries and the dude is just hammering on some sweet potato fries. Just like, stealing just, them. Just like takes them off his, like my tray or Morgan's tray and is eating them himself. So proud of them for how they like food. That's a good thing. Um, all right. So with Drew, this one's kind of tricky because he's not even a year old. Um, but I guess I'm just proud of how he is like growing. He's at the stage of life where, like, he is starting to, like, really develop in things. He's really fast, so I'm proud of how fast he is. Um, Dude can crawl from one side of the room to the other before you blink. So he's really fast. Proud of just him growing and seeing him grow and things like that. Jameson, I'm proud of Jameson. One, the kid loves sports, and so as somebody that likes sports, I'm proud of him for that. But... Um, this week specifically, we, we watched a movie, Morgan and I sat down and watched a movie the other day called a week away, which is a movie on Netflix that just came out recently, but it's about, um, kids going to church camp and there's a lot of like popular church camp songs in it and things that we kind of grew up listening to. And one of the songs in it, they're sitting around a campfire and it's, um, they mashed up our God is an awesome God and God only knows from for King and country. So it's like. Virginia Country is our favorite band, Christian band. So love that song. But also, Our God is an Awesome God is one of the first songs that I remember from being in youth group. Anyway, long story short, really like the song. Been listening to it. This morning, we get into the car. And Jameson usually wants to listen to the Spider-Man song, which is What's Up Danger um, from Spider-Verse. But this morning, he said, I want to listen to the Jesus song. And I was like, what, buddy? What do you mean? And he said, I want to listen to the God song, Jesus and God song. And I said, our God is awesome. And he started shaking his head yes. And so this morning on the way to the babysitter, we listened to that specific song on repeat. And so it was really cool just to hear Jameson, like, want to listen to that. So I'm proud of that, that, like, some of the things that we were trying to implement in our life, he is starting to see and wants to, like, and is enjoying it. So that's kind of cool. I'm proud of that. Proud of him for doing that. Yeah. Um, so Morgan, um, what is something that you are proud of from I our boys? I am 
proud of really proud of the way that they love each other. Sometimes Jameson loves too hard, <laughs> but they they love each other. They really do. Jameson every single morning is excited to see Drew. Um, and Drew is ex- just as excited to see him every single morning. So I love that. I'm also, um, I am proud that they are sleepers. That makes me happy. Yeah, they are very good sleepers. Um, as far as Drew specifically, um, he has three different Walker toys for the house, like in our house. One of them was Jameson's old one. And I have been trying and trying and trying to get him to use those Walker toys because he stands and walks along everything and will even go from couch to coffee table and from person to person, but like doesn't want to walk behind these cars and these push toys. And so um, it was actually earlier this week, I got him up behind his, one of his walk toys and he pushed it. I kind of had to help him a little bit. I had to get him going. But he, and I had to help him steer, but he pushed that thing all the way through the living room, all the way around the lap in our kitchen, like, and all the way, like, I was so proud of him for that. He was actually, like, moving it and walking and enjoying it. And so, that made me proud. Jameson? Um, there are so many things to be proud about that kid, because just, like, watching him grow, he likes to practice his sports. He says, I'm practicing. I'm practicing. He likes to hit dingers. So um, he actually knows that term now. Um, I hate dingers. I hate dingers, Dada. I'm practicing. Um, He's just so, like, he works really hard at things. I don't know. There are so many things I could say about that kid. We're proud of our kids, just like many of you, if you have kids, would know. It's easy to be proud of them. And I can't wait to see, you know, obviously what they're going to grow up and do. Yeah, for so sure. That'll be fun I'm excited, excited to, yeah, I'm just so excited to keep watching them learn and grow. So the next question, I actually made up this question. So we had some others to choose from, but I felt it was fitting for the uh, occasion. What is, Morgan, this is a two-parter. Okay. What is your favorite Easter candy Reese's slash Slash, what is the worst Easter candy out there? So, favorite candy, she's already jumped the gun. What do you got? Reese's Easter eggs. Okay. Um, worst candy. Worst Easter. Yeah. I am just not a fan of the fake chocolates, man. I'm not a fan of, like, the choc- like the little chocolate Easter bunnies that are wrapped in all the colorful paper. And, like, the, the like I just want my Hershey's chocolate. Yeah, the one thing I figured out about those little hollow rabbit things is they are edible if you put stuff them with peanut butter. So just take a can of peanut butter and fill no, it. No, I still don't think I could do that. All right, Wait, what about you? All right, my favorite Easter candy. I really love the white chocolate Reese's eggs. Um, that's how I get my egg whites for the week. <laughs> um, <laughs> and then uh, I. I also love candy jelly beans, not like the original, like yeah. big fat jelly beans. No, those are gross. But like a like a Starburst jelly bean or like a Sour Patch Kids jelly bean or like a Sweet Tarts jelly bean. Those are really good. Starburst jelly beans are where it's at. Man. So those are my favorites. My least favorite, and some people are going to get mad about this, but I just don't understand the hype of the Cadbury egg. 
I just don't like it. I'm not a fan of them either. I like the little mini chocolate ones. Yeah, the ones that are just solid chocolate. Now, those those I can get down with. Yeah, those I like. The ones with the cream stuff in it. No, thanks. If I get those in my my basket this year, guys, that'll be the giveaway for next week. So, Speaking (laughs) of a giveaway, um, we do want to congratulate last week's winner of the coffee giveaway. And we want to announce that this is actually going to be our last week for yeah. the coffee giveaway. Yes. And so since it's our last week, we want to give coffee away to three different people. Um, so we want to encourage you to share, review, or tag us in a post showing that you're listening. We'll throw you into the giveaway. This will be your chance to win um, free coffee. We'll pick three winners. And then moving forward, we're going to kind of change this up a little bit and give away some other different things. And So you'll have to stay tuned to that. Keep listening, keep sharing. But we do want to end this giveaway period with um, giving coffee to three different people for this episode. So it doesn't matter what day of the week you're listening. It doesn't matter if the next episode is coming out on Thursday and you're listening Wednesday night. It doesn't matter. It will count toward an entry. Um, so share, um, share the episode with friends. Let us know that you shared with the episode with friends and you like, you send it in a text message, message me or Josh, let us know. We'll give you an entry. Um, obviously rating and reviewing us. We'll get you an entry. You just got to let us know you did it. Um, tagging us, whether it's in a Facebook post, an Instagram post in your Instagram stories, however you want to do it, you'll get an entry. Um, we would love, love, love to be able to spoil lots of you with coffee this week. So, um, meaning three of you, yeah, three of you, <laughs> which is more than we've done. But um, yeah, thank you for tuning in this week. We hope that you have a great week, especially a great Easter. Yes, uh, with your family and celebrating. We, we however a, you choose to celebrate. Yeah, we asked a couple questions today on our social media how you guys like to um, celebrate Easter and how, what it means to you and your family. And we really love seeing the feedback from that. Um, so we hope that you guys enjoy your family. We hope that you enjoy the fun and the Easter baskets and the candy, but we pray that you also find the joy, the peace and the hope that Christ has to offer. Absolutely. What do you want me to have a great week and we uh we'll see you next week. We won't see you next week, that's why I don't want you to say it. We'll see you next week and we'll uh <laughs> here I got this. Have a great week and we look forward to um preparing another episode. No <laughs> Here I got this, I get this. Have a great week. <laughs> I can't do it all <laughs> All right, guys, we hope that you have a great week. Or not. <laughs> the choice is yours.